0: So much, Mike. Thank you, brothers and sisters. Can we give Mike a round of applause? Praise Jesus. Jesus. I'll take off my mask. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And actually, uh, let's just say a quick another quick prayer right now. As we're approaching Pentecost, we come in and like this beautifully decked out altar and our focus on the Eucharist and the crucifixion, knowing that Jesus promised that He would send the Holy Spirit. And it's been really convicting me lately if you guys ever listen or read Father John Ricardo. He's been talking about the church should not pray for a new Pentecost unless we're willing to literally only rely on the Holy Spirit so that just like in the first century church we can say I heard the spirit say to me. The spirit told me to do this. The spirit told me to go here. Okay? So we're just going to pray real quick for an outpouring, okay, upon our church. All right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we just thank you so much for the gift of your son Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you that you would not leave us orphaned and that you actually said it's better for you to go so that the Spirit will come to us, that would empower us so that your life of your passion, your death, your resurrection would live in us, transform us, make us new, and uh, for you to walk the face of the earth, to extend your kingdom. So Jesus, on this upcoming Pentecost and just from this ascension, we just worship you, we praise you, we love you. Jesus, we do ask that you would just send your Spirit right now upon us. Come Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, please give us the mind of Christ. <laughs> give us the mission, the eyes, the, the, the compassion, the love, the desire, the burning heart of Jesus. May we extend the Eucharistic presence of Jesus everywhere we go so that more and more people can know his love and be transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you so much, brothers and sisters. All right. so. Uh, yeah, my name is Jordan Beachnell, and it is such an uh, honor to be with you guys tonight. And uh, Joe invited me, so thank you, Julane. thank you, Mike, Dan, and everybody a part of this beautiful ministry. This really is a blessing and a gift to every single person that you invite here. Um, this isn't just uh, for someone to get up here and just offer for you guys to listen. like this is an honor, a blessing and a privilege. So uh, I'll give my testimony. All right, so I grew up in Lansing, Michigan, and I was baptized as, as a Catholic when I was a baby. And as soon as I came into the church, I left (laughs) because faith life was just not a part of my growing up. We didn't go to church. Sometimes we would go to, we would try to go to like a non-denomination church for Easter. But honestly, I really didn't know if Easter was the birth of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus. I didn't know what any of that meant. It was just all kind of a part of, hey, everybody does it, go celebrate on Easter. So I'll go uh, with my family. So my whole uh, growing up was very focused on academics and sports. Um, and especially sports. <laughs> Very competitive family, and we loved it, and I had an amazing uh, mom and dad who supported us, encouraged us, gave us everything that we could ever need, and uh, but in high school um, got, you know, just keep going with sports, and then senior year of high school, start getting more into the party scene, start drinking, start smoking, start doing all those things that the world tells you that you're going to be happy, and I was actually one of the last ones I was like, I, I don't wanna do these things, but everybody did it, right? So um, then I actually got a scholarship to go and play football at Grand Valley State University. And my older sister, she ran, uh, my sister Nicole, she ran track there a few years before that and I was super excited to go. And so when I went there, um, it just got worse as far as like the party scene, right? It (laughs) It was the normal Christian, or the normal college lifestyle. And if anybody ever uses that language with you, know that it's not a good thing because the normal, normal college lifestyle is, is death, is apart from Jesus. Um, and so in that whole scene, it was very football, sports, and really nothing else. And then uh, I had two major ACL surgeries. And during that time, I just kind of fell into depression. I noticed that a lot of the people that I was hanging out with didn't really come and like you know see how I was doing. And uh, so I actually started going to a non denominational church out there and I was very all in and then all out. All in, all out. Like, if I was partying, I was partying. If I wasn't, I wasn't. And I would just stay up in my room and read the Bible. But something was, was missing. Um, and then uh, I studied uh, accounting. So I moved downtown Grand Rapids for the Grand Valley campus. And I actually was still very much in the party scene, but I actually started going to different churches. I'd go to you know, an Episcopalian church, and I'm like, dang, they let me receive their bread, the Catholics don't, and they look traditional, this is great, and uh, so, but I was very much just seeking, just seeking, and then I got a job offer here in Detroit with Deloitte & Touche, it's a big four public accounting firm, and I still work for them today, so in 2015, I moved over here to take that job offer, and I was, so I'm going to be a partner, I want to make a lot of money, and I want to, you know, things of the world. I want to be successful. And uh, in 2016, me and my sister started going to a large non-denominational church here in Troy. And again, it was just still something missing. And then one day in the fall of 2016, my sister Nicole texted me and she said, I've never had a relationship with Jesus. I've never been baptized. And I want to have the faith that my husband has because her husband is Catholic. They got married in a Catholic church. And at that one time, she had one of her two daughters and she is baptized Catholic. So I'm going to join the RSA program at St. Mary's downtown Royal Oak. Do you want to join me? I was like, no, <laughs> I do not. Catholics are crazy because in college, when I started reading the Bible and everything, it wasn't that I was anti-Catholic in the sense like I was going out and seeking Catholics and you know telling them all the bad things about their church. But I already was under the assumption that it was just a known thing. Catholics were completely wrong. And this is like exactly what re- religion should not be, is Catholicism. So and I asked my Catholic friends, like, do you guys worship Mary? Why do you go to, you know, all the classic whys of Catholicism, they couldn't answer. <laughs> so again, it just kind of strengthened my assumption of Catholics are just wrong. Well, my sister and that response was like, well, RCI program is about seven months long. You don't owe anybody anything. If you want to leave, you can. So I'm like, okay cool. So I'll go and support you, but as soon as I hear something that's just completely unbiblical, not true, whatever it is, I'm out. Well, the meet and greet, I was mind blown. (laughs) The meet and greet with Father Paul Snyder at St. Mary's in Royal Oak, he just gave us a simple tour of the church and explaining how the architecture was was like the Ark of Noah, which is the symbol of the church. It was a boat moving, right? And how the readings every single Sunday throughout the entire Latin Rite are the, are the same readings that you read throughout the entire world. And I was like, wow, that's so beautiful. One church has the same readings every single day <laughs> uh, throughout the entire world. You can go to France, you can go to Spain, you can go anywhere, and you got the same liturgy. That's beautiful. Well, <clears throat> so, <laughs> long story short, I started reading Scott Hahn, here, listening to Father John Ricardo, listening to Catholic Answers Live, the Coming Home Network, and hearing about all these Protestant pastors who are deeply anti-Catholic becoming Catholic. And I was like, okay, there's something to this because what they're saying. So then I started reading the Church Fathers. And I realized, like, again, this is kind of how, you know, how you grow up and thinking in a, as a, in a, in a Protestant mindset is, like, I need to find a church that fits to my doctrine. But in scripture and in history, we see that Jesus founded a church and we need to join it because it is the fullness of truth based on divine promises. So like everything leading up to Easter of 2017, it was all in my mind. Like it was very intellectual of like, this is Jesus's church. Every single thing that it teaches is true. Jesus is right here in the Eucharist, truly present body, blood, soul, and divinity. But I honestly was still living a life, thinking a way of like the world. And my life has been marked by the sacraments. So, Easter of 2017, I received First Communion. I received Confirmation with my sister Nicole, and uh, that whole summer, my life changed. What the what the what I was doing through studying in my mind, Jesus transformed all that into my heart over that summer through the sacraments. And so, I never wanted to go a day without missing the Eucharist. It's the greatest gift in the world, and my heart was set on fire. I was like, I don't know what to do, but I need to get involved somehow. So I see a, an ad about young Catholic professionals coming to Detroit. Started in Texas, it's spanning throughout the whole world, and I wanna join it. One hour uh, before, there, before, before I emailed the president at the time, Donald Smith, he said that the hour before, the person who I have as their finance director couldn't do it anymore. So I filled that gap of being finance director. So we're doing events downtown Detroit, and, um, and I'm loving it. I'm being able to evangelize. You're supposed to, you're, you're bringing Christ into your work. You're, you know, you're, um, you're transforming the workspace. And so, and I, and I loved it. Um, and then in August 30th of 2017, if you guys, do you guys remember Father Patrick Gagneau? Yeah. Okay. So we were here two years ago at a healing service. Do you guys, was anybody here during that time? I remember a lot of the mute, Yeah. crazy Jesus. We, we remember a, a guy over here, couldn't play the guitar from an affliction he had on his, on his hand completely healed. He picked up the guitar and started playing over here for the first time in a few years. Praise, yeah. praise you, Jesus. <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, so Father Patrick Gagno was, um, was our mentor or our, kind of our spiritual director of Young Catholic Professionals. We had uh, another event, August 30th of 2017, downtown Detroit. And just that day, because our events are in the evening, <clears throat> just that day, I walked past in, for lunch, walked past a few homeless people, and I was with my coworkers, and I didn't want to look foolish. I didn't want to be the weirdo stepping out, like helping people, loving people, even the people who, to the world, are the lowest. And I just walked right past them, and I felt a lot of shame of that, about that. So I went up to Father Patrick, I said, can we just pray, like, more courage? Like, I, don't want to, I don't want to care what other people think. I just want to love people as Jesus is calling me to love people. And if you guys know Father Patrick, I figured this is gonna be a 30 second prayer. This is about 10 minutes. So he's praying with me and he was like, Jesus, I ask that you just fill him with the gift of healing. And he touched my palms and my arms were on fire. And they were so on fire that 24 hours later, my forearms were still pulsating. That, first, that same night, I had no idea. I never, I've never prayed for healing before. I didn't know how to pray for healing, um, but encountered a homeless man named Tony in downtown Detroit. We prayed together. Could, couldn't could bend his elbow before. Could completely straighten it. He had a knee issue. It was almost a hundred percent. It wasn't fully healed, but we're jogging down Greek town at one in the morning on <laughs> a Wednesday night. And this, again, increased my faith. I was like, Jesus is alive. Jesus is real. He wants to live life in us and through us. So, I started getting more and more interested and involved i picked up every single charismatic book i find on how to pray for healing hearing god's voice for people and got really and really involved with evangelization with saint paul street evangelization i got um then i got i started listening to these guys down in ohio who now are encounter ministries in brighton michigan and uh it was it was amazing seeing signs and wonders people being fully healed people having an encounter with jesus and it was just unbelievable and During that same time, the Lord really was like breaking off long time what I would say that they were, were addictions. Long time, horrible behaviors that were detrimental to me and myself. And uh, so Jesus was breaking off all these things in me. And really the only thing that I I could think of at that time that I could repay Jesus for was like, I got to become a priest. Because one, I'm not going to be a good father. I'm not going to be a good husband because of the things that I've done in the past. And then um, I, want to be, I want to do this 24-7. I, that's what I figured priests do. You guys have no administrative work, right, Father? <laughs> so like you guys just evangelize, you get the sacraments to people, you just bring them all in. And like, that's what I wanted to do. So there was a good and a bad motivation out of that. <clears throat> but uh, so I started discerning the priesthood. And uh, in 2018, I was going to the discernment weekends at the Sacred Heart Major Seminary. And before that, a girl from college came back into my life through Young Catholic Professionals. Her name is Napoli. And so she actually became one of my best friends during that time. Outside of my spiritual director, I would call her because she was on fire for the Lord. I remember writing in my journal the first time we went out to dinner, I'm like, Napoli is a disciple of Jesus. <laughs> wow. Because she loves people. Loves, loves people. Nobody loves people like I've seen Napoli do. <laughs> and, uh, and so... I'm, this is my best friend at the time, outside of my spiritual director, I'm calling her, I'm talking to her. And uh, and then as we're, me, her, and 14 other of our friends, two of them being priests, we are planning a trip to go on the Camino de Santiago in Spain. It's the Way of St. James in Spain in 2018. And I told Jesus, this is going to be my last final discernment. But I already kind of had in my mind, I was like, but it better be the priesthood. <laughs> it better be the priesthood because I'm pretty sure you're calling me to that, right, Jesus? So, uh, this is going to be my last final of the sermon. I'm going to have all the clarity in the world after the Camino. Um, well, the month or two leading up to the Camino, the Lord starts revealing more and more about marriage. I'm just like, boop, boop. Not for me. Not for me. I guess <laughs> like, for somebody else, right? Uh, and um, then before the Camino, four out of the 14 of us, we went to France. We went to Paris, Les Sue, and Lourdes. And in Lourdes, France, I had a powerful encounter with Our Lady, and uh, just get choked up even thinking about it now. But uh, um, yeah, like as I walked up to the grotto, I just started crying like uncontrollably. I couldn't like explain it. I was like, why am I crying? I was literally just goofing around making a video. Like, this is so cool. <laughs> like a tourist. <laughs> and, and I'm crying and uh, don't know why. And as soon as I put my hand on the rock where the, like the, the water is trickling down, you was saying, my son, tell me everything that's on your heart. And uh, I told her about my family and like, what about my family? My mom and my dad, she said, love them and pray the rosary every single day for them. The next year they both came into the church together and it was an easy process. <laughs> and yeah, praise Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, and then I'm talking to her about my vocation and she, she reveals the vocation of marriage to me. And Napoli's sitting right next to me and she like highlights her and I'm like, okay, if this is like what I'm called to, if this is what I'm called to, I need to be a pure man, you know? And uh, this is the climax of the encounter. Three things happened simultaneously. My heart got super hot. It like went all the way through my chest. She gave me an image of white blossoming roses. She said, my son has made you pure my son has made you pure and uh I'm a wreck right (laughs) kind of like right now but it was worse and uh so and like it was all about Jesus it wasn't about my sins and it wasn't even forgetting my sins it was looking at them through the eyes of mercy right and so the lies of I couldn't be a good husband I couldn't be a good father actually I didn't fully understand it until recently I've been married for a year and a half to Napoli (laughs) I'll get there but but uh like, even in the midst of our marriage, I n- realized, I was like, wow, I was believing in a lie. And the Lord precisely gave me a woman that I d- didn't even know existed, gave her to me to know mercy, to know his love, to have full healing, to know that I can be a, uh, an amazing husband and father. And, uh, yeah, so <laughs> we, started, we started dating and we got engaged. And then in and, uh, December 7th of 2019, the eve before the Immaculate Conception, we got married. And uh, guys, marriage is not just for us to get each other to heaven. It's literally so that we would, we would experience heaven every single day in our marriages. And it's not easy because we're in a spiritual battle. But like that's what the church teaches is like we're a reflection of heaven, of Jesus in the church. So um, like Father Patrick Ghani says this like monstrance moment. Like, Napoli is, like, the walking presence of God to Jordan. <laughs> you know, like, the walking presence of love, of mercy, of grace. Like, God in her loving me and restoring me and healing me. So, um, so we uh, got married, and then, uh, really, I was in busy season. And then, March of 2020, COVID happened. So, not too much uh, romance <laughs> or not too much exciting things happening in quarantine, and then we had a, a very extremely hard cross. Um, uh, Napoli ended up having, uh, and this is a testimony that she gave on, on the podcast for uh, open door policy, but she um, you know, came down with uh, something that was, that was instructing her you know, fertility. And so when she had surgery, they didn't know how much they were gonna have to take. And they took a lot. And they told us it's gonna be very hard for us to get pregnant. And, and you probably only have a very small window to do it. And uh, when the doctor came out, Napoli's like in recovery, and uh, when the doctor came out, he told me that he took more than was expected. And so I was the first one to see Napoli. I was actually in the Adoration Chapel at St. Joseph's, and I heard Jesus, like I felt Jesus show me, hearing Napoli saying, Jordan, Jordan, come. So I get up and go, and right when I walk in, there she is saying, where's my husband <laughs> so so it, I'm the first person that she sees like as she's conscious and I tell her what they what they took and her first words praise God her faith strengthens everybody that she that everybody knows you know no um, and uh, not easy and the very first month that she can you know after recovery that uh, we can try, we get pregnant. <laughs> and on Easter Sunday of this year, Jesus we celebrated Jesus resurrection by welcoming our daughter Zelie Marie, praise yeah. Jesus <laughs> so She's six and a half weeks. That's why Napoli and Zelly are not here. It's kind of a far drive for us, and that's <laughs> so. Uh, but Zelly is beautiful, and it's it's just God is so good. He's so merciful. He's so loving. He wants to fully restore us and heal us. And um, and now I'm I'm very involved in Encounter Ministries. I was in the school for two years. I've uh, I'm an online mentor for that now. So I love. Um, evangelizing, I love hearing God's voice for people. I love seeing Jesus heal people, and I know all of you guys that are here right now are listening. And thank you for joining in online. Uh, you guys really love Jesus, and if because you guys are the light and the salt of the earth. And if one thing I could tell you about evangelization is a simple invitation. I've seen Jesus heal people on the streets. I've seen people break down in tears from a word that was spoken to them, and more recent, most recently though. Jesus has been really encouraging me. Never leave a person without an invitation. Never leave a person without an invitation. And it really is as simple as, hey, here's my here's my card, here's my email on it. I go to me and Napoli, we're re- very involved at Shrine, getting very involved at Shrine. We have a beautiful young adult community there. So we're like, hey, here's my email. If you ever wanna come and get involved, like we have a beautiful church that we go to. People are open <laughs> People are hungry for Jesus. People are longing for Jesus. And so uh, Napoli and I, I thought I could do what I thought I would be doing as a priest. I'm doing as a husband now and with my, with my daughter and my wife, Napoli, and just, um, we just want to love Jesus and spread his love throughout the world and bring people. The world really needs Jesus right now, right? <laughs> so, um, and, uh, and Napoli, with her testimony from all that, she's a Creighton natural family planning practitioner now. We'll, we'll, we'll be in the fall, but she's an intern right now, but uh, like she just wants women to know, be empowered to know God's love for them, and there really isn't, like when I was becoming like the fullness of the truth in the church, like the faith, yes, but also like the morals, it's so beautiful. Theology of the body, like you will not understand the fullness of the gospel until you understand the purpose of our bodies, and like the reflection of the, the love between a husband and a wife, or a a husband, and and a wife to their child. (laughs) Like, it is literally how God has revealed himself to be. And so, it is so beautiful. What, uh, just, there's no greater gift than being Catholic. (laughs) Every single day, we can encounter him through scripture, through prayer, through the gift of the greatest, the new covenant, the Eucharist, confession with, with priests, to hear Jesus speaking to us and his, his merciful love and his gaze on us all the time, it's so good. There's no other life like it. This is not a life of being bored. This is the fullness of life. It's so exciting like to walk with Jesus. It's a journey and, it's, uh, and uh, yeah, it's just so good. And so that's my testimony and I think we're gonna do some praise and worship now. So let's go, let's, let's just worship Jesus and Him. amen? Amen. amen. amen.